created live on Fireside. Hello, everyone. Welcome to YNS Live with NFL Thread with my co-host, Cynthia Zordich, founder of Thread and Ashley Peterson, uh, CEO and founder of Elizabella Cosmetics and the spouse of Adrian Peterson, who is a free agent right now. Welcome, welcome. And Cynthia, I know you're going to give a longer description, but I just wanted everyone to... Uh, we're, we are excited about this. We're excited about every every episode that we can share stories because stories connect us. But it's exciting because I met Ashley at the Super Bowl event uh, last year and we're getting ready to have another one. So it's just really fun for us to get together and just kind of catch up and, you know, hear what we're all doing. So welcome to YNS Live with NFL Thread live on Fireside. Yes, thank you, Ashley, for coming. We're so happy to have you today to talk about so many things as not only are you a CEO, a wife, the founder of your own cosmetic line, but also the founder of the ANA Peterson Family Foundation, which I can't wait to dive into too. So there's just so much to talk about. And we always love seeing you at the Super Bowl. You just shine on that runway. You are just so magnificent on the runway. And then we had the chance to talk to you afterwards and behind the scenes last year. So we, we've been wanting to do this for a long time. And so thank you for joining us. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm honored to be here and I'm excited to be here. Thank you. Yes. And so I want to just a little, little housekeeping before we get started. So everyone in the audience, welcome, welcome. And I know people are going to be coming in and out, James and Xavier right now. There are people on LinkedIn shouting out right now. There's people on Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook. So welcome, welcome. If you guys are listening to the replay, we're excited to have you dive into this story. So if you guys are in the room right now, what I would love for you to do is to click the two little lines at the bottom to the left. And I want you to... Um, Click on that and then you can broadcast to the world. So what that means is you can actually send an email, a text uh, to friends and family. You can also post it on other social medias where people can listen in to the show. So if they don't have access to Fireside, they're able to still listen in, which is really, really fun. So like if you go to, if you're on LinkedIn right now, you see my whole banner is this live video, which is awesome and YouTube and, and all of that. So this is, this is what's really fun about Fireside and why we love it so much. So also before we get started, I want you guys to go uh, and follow and you don't have to do it right Right now. And if you're driving, do not do it right now. <laughs> Wait until you get <laughs> home, but go to Ashley's uh, Instagram. That is where she hangs out the most. And you can go to Miss Ashley Peterson. You'll see this. This will also be in the show notes and also Elizabella Cosmetics. So I am, um, again, we are excited to get, to get started. So what we always do is we ask a little bit about you. Who are you, Ashley Peterson? Where did you grow up? Did you go to university? And then we'll dive into the rest of the story. Absolutely. So my name is Ashley Peterson. Um, I am married to Adrian Peterson. I have two boys, age seven and 11, named Axel and Adrian Jr. I am originally from Oklahoma, actually. I grew up, my parents, well, I didn't really grow up there, but my parents are from a very small town called Muskogee, Oklahoma. So I don't know if you've ever heard the saying, Okie from Muskogee, but oh, that's yeah. where my parents are from. <laughs> and so The officer, the um, gentleman said that line. Uh, did you know yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't know that. I actually didn't even know where that came from, but that's where my parents are from. That's where they grew up. So that's where I was born. Um, I moved, excuse my voice. I've been a little under the weather for the past few days, so it's a little shaky, but um, 
I moved to Houston when I was around five, actually lived here until I was in the third grade. And then I moved back to Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I grew up in Tulsa. I went to Broken Arrow High School. And then from there, I went on to the University of Oklahoma before moving to Los Angeles to pursue my dreams in modeling. Yeah. And I love, and I love that. Cause I want, I do want to um, dive into that. I do. Uh, I mean, the fact that you were in the Midwest, what, what kind of got you to get the bug to want to model? Like where, where did that come from? Was that something that, you know, as you said, it was always a dream, but where did, where did that dream come from? You know, honestly, all that I can say is that it was something that God placed inside of me because mm-hmm. literally as long as, as I can remember back, that's what I wanted to do. Like from from birth, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I always knew that I wanted to do that. I was always interested in not just modeling, but all things, beauty, makeup, hair, you know, all the girly things getting dressed up. Um, I can remember when it was when I was living in Houston. So I was very young, probably about six or something like that. My mom and dad bought me a makeup set for my, for Christmas. And I did my makeup and my dad said to my mom, have you seen Ashley? She did her makeup. And she's like, Oh no, I haven't seen her yet. And he's like, it looks pretty good actually. And so (laughs) it's just something that I've always known. And it's always been inside of me as something that I wanted to do. So Actually, my first experience in modeling was when I was in the third grade. I just moved back to Oklahoma. And I don't know if you guys remember glamour shots, but it was a big thing, you know, back then. And my parents actually took me to glamour shots. I got all made up and I took my pictures and that was like my first foot into modeling, into dabbling. And it's so funny because... Just a few months ago, I found that picture and I showed my oldest son, Adrian, and he's like, how old were you here? And I was like, I was in the third grade. And he's like, you look so much older. And I was like, you know what? I do. (laughs) What was going on here? (laughs) I've known since then that I loved it. It's always been what I wanted to do. And anytime anyone ever asked me, that's what I said I wanted to do. I never wavered. So it's something that I just feel like God put inside of me because, you know, it's always been there. I love I that. It, Go ahead, Cynthia. I do yeah. too. And I, I think it's interesting that you pursued, that you majored in communications at Oklahoma because that kind of fits right. in that. Like if, you know, you can tell where you're going with this, you know, you're, this is really important yeah. in that field and possibly lead to other things like acting, broadcasting, whatever it is. But tell me about that experience for you. Honestly, it's so funny because when I went into Oklahoma, I was initially a business major because that's what my mom did and that's what she excelled in. And so it just was like, oh, okay, well, let me go into business. But in doing that, I learned that that's not necess- that wasn't necessarily my passion. You know, um, my passion was communicating with people, talking. Mm-hmm. I was always getting in trouble in school for talking to people. <laughs> Who knew that it would lead me to me here, you know? <laughs> and so I, I feel like it's one of those things where we always have what we need inside of us. And it's just, we have to bring it out. You know, it's, it's like an onion. We have to peel those layers back to bring back what's inside, to bring out what's inside of us. So I ended up changing my major from business 
to communications. And, um, you know, I did well in it. I excelled in it. When I moved to Los Angeles, in addition to modeling, I actually signed with a um, commercial agency as well. So I began auditioning for commercials. I started taking acting classes and something that came natural to me. So it was the path that I took. It's like, you know, when something is kind of laid out before you, when there's a plan, it's easy to follow it. You know, when things come easy like that, I feel like that's when you know you're walking in your purpose. Oh my gosh, so much. And we, we talk about that on the podcast all, all the time. So I do have, a, I'm curious about this. So we, I had a guest on a, a long time ago, Marianne, Marianne Alda. She's a, an actress. She was one of the first black actresses to like break into, um, uh, it was, um, soap operas and then sitcoms. And what she said is when she was acting, she didn't want to be the starving actress. Like she didn't want to like work and wait tables. So she, what she did is signed up to do commercials and voiceovers. But back then it was looked at to be like, Oh, you're cheating. You need to be the starving artist. And she was like, no, I don't. I want to be wealthy, but I want to be, and not just wealthy. I want to, to do, I want to be able to do more. So was there, was there a reason that you went into that part, you know, you wanted to be a model, but as you were kind of exploring that, that world where you're like, okay, I can also multi-layer because of my communications major. Was that done purposely or was it kind of just accidentally? Honestly, it was something that happened upon me. Like it stumbled into my lap. So when I went to Los Angeles, I actually went out there. Um, you know, my parents did not want me to move. I was only 21. My parents did not want me to move to Los Angeles. They said, Hey, if you're going to do this, you need to have a plan because we're not going to financially support you out there doing this. So I actually went to Los Angeles. I had an uncle that lived there, but I had never met him in my life because he was in the military. And so he had, you know, been doing the military thing for years. Um, But my mother, you know, said, Hey, well, your uncle's there. He can help you out. So I went to Los Angeles. He actually took me to every open call at every agency. Um, I ended up getting signed. All of them denied me because I'm only five, seven, which in the modeling world, it's like, why are you here? You know, like five, seven and three fourths. So I'm I'm (laughs) right at five, eight, but really you have to be like five, nine, five, 10. Um, But I didn't let that stop me. So I went to every open call. The last one I went to was for four models. And they signed me that day. They said, okay, if you move back out here, we'll sign you. I literally moved back or went back to OU, packed up all my stuff, you know, kind of wrapped everything up. And I moved to California within like a month or two um, because I knew that that was my passion and that's what I wanted to do. So when I got there, Ford Models said, hey, we think you have a really commercial look. We're going to put you with this commercial agency. So then they put me with the creative artist creative artist agency, which was one of the top commercial agencies in Los Angeles. So something that wasn't even a thought in my mind, God had already laid it out for me and made it possible for me to get in that door without having to beat it down. And so from there, I began auditioning for commercials. I began getting commercials, which is way more lucrative than modeling, to be honest. Right. And so that's kind of what helped to pay my bills out there while I was trying to make it in this modeling world. So that's how it happened. 
It's so I great. Love, and yeah. you were with some serious brands. You were with Verizon, McDonald's, and and yeah, others. Target. So, mm-hmm. What was it like seeing your own commercial? If you were, were you ever home with your family and all of a sudden, or your friends, and then your commercial comes on and you're like, oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, honestly. And it was really, really exciting, to be honest. Um, just having the opportunity to have national commercials, like that stuff that people dream of. And, and I was able to, you know, thankfully accomplish that in such a short period of time of being there. And so of course it's really cool to see yourself on a TV screen, you know, and it's so funny because I don't even think my kids have like seen it. I need to go back and find those commercials and those videos and show them. But (laughs) it's really cool to think about honestly, because like it's an opportunity that not everyone gets. So I really don't take it for granted at all. I, I think that's so cool. And and we, we, I mean, again, we talk about this all the time. Like I truly believe everyone has a path and whether it's the universe or God, you believe in, and I believe in God that he lays things out, you know, lays things out. And it's just, yeah. with, as you said, like when doors open, it's just like, okay, Oh, I'm supposed to walk through this door. Okay. I need to take a left or a right. I so I, I think, and, and this is again, stories connect us. So like your makeup, you know, I'm picturing you at three and now the journey of these dots just connecting along the road. Right. right. And, and I'm sure sure there was ups and downs, but when you were in the modeling um, industry and doing the commercials, did your love for makeup and, and that kind of, did that grow? Did that feed it? Tell us a little bit about that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because, you know, in that world, you get an opportunity every day that you're booked for a job, you're essentially a new person. You are who that client needs you to be that day. So if you have to wear a wig, if you have to do whatever your makeup needs to be like, you never know what you're going to get, you know? And so it's new and it's different and it's exciting every day, which for someone like me, I, I thrive in that kind of environment. Like I love excitement. I love spontaneity and I love to try new looks. Like if anyone knows me, they know how honey, I'm going to change the hair up. I'm going to change the makeup. Like I'm here for a look. Okay. And so having the opportunity to like get to work with amazing photographers, with amazing makeup artists, hairstylists, with creatives who their whole passion is creating beautiful works of art. Like it was so invaluable. And of course that just, you know, continue to set a fire to my love for makeup, which I already had, you know, I, I grew up loving makeup. And then in addition, my mom sold Mary Kay for a while when I was younger, it was like a side hustle that she had just to make more money. And so in getting the opportunity to work with her, she let me sample all of her products. We would have Mary Kay parties. Yeah. And we would, that was a way that we bonded as well, because we both love all those kinds of things. And so in that having the opportunity to model and to just do what I, what I would do for free anyway, it was amazing. And it just helped me to learn more about the beauty industry, to learn more about makeup, to learn more about how to do my own makeup, because I'm watching these makeup artists do it. A lot of what I've learned with my own makeup is asking makeup artists, okay, what did you just put on me and how did you do that? Mm -hmm. So having the opportunity to do that in a setting where I was also getting paid for it, I mean, you can't, it doesn't get any better than that. (laughs) 
Absolutely. I mean, so you're learning beautiful. from the top, top professionals and in that industry in your industry. And I'm sure, you know, when you're creating your own line, it's all coming together, just all that experience and all that knowledge and all the, you know, you're seeing the, not only the makeup in the packaging and in life, but on and being applied, which is, you're right. It's like a master's, you know, of application. It's fantastic. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And so, but I'm also curious, did you, um, because I love that the bond that you and your mom had too. I mean, that's so cool that that kind of like, she was doing the side hustle as you were falling in love with makeup. And then, you know, as your journey went, did you have other siblings as well that, you know, uh, loved what your mom was doing? Or was this just like a really special thing just between you and her? So my parents only have me and a younger brother. I have a young brother who's about two and a half years younger than me. And it was like me and my mom and all the beauty stuff and all that stuff. And my dad and my brother and all the sports stuff <laughs> and all of that. So my brother could definitely care less about any of the beauty stuff. <laughs> he was never involved, but um, it gave me and my mom an opportunity. Like we're really close yeah. you know, because I'm just having that but yeah having that bond growing up you know being able to learn from her and even now that I'm an adult and now that I'm a grown woman and a wife and a mom myself and I look back at how my mom juggled it all I have so much respect for her because now I see how difficult it is and she did it and she did it well and you know like she was an amazing teacher and so Having that opportunity to do those things with her is something that I really cherish um, because I know not everyone has that opportunity with their mother. Yeah, so special. That, that brings a good mm-hmm. um, a good point because in your life you had to make a really big decision. You know, once you have the boys and you have your modeling modeling career, that you decided, okay, I need to change things up a little bit. I need to shift focus for a bit, and so that had to be a very difficult decision, an important decision. And it's almost like our other show pivot where we could really talk about that transition because, um, I would love for you to share how that came about and even the aftermath of making that decision to leave modeling and what that led to from, from there. Right. So, um, when I was about 25, I got, I ended up getting pregnant with my oldest son, Adrian Jr. And I was still living in Los Angeles at the time. I was still working. Um, as a matter of fact, my last big shoot when I lived in Los Angeles was for Vibe Magazine. Um, I had a full page spread in Vibe Magazine and I was pregnant with Adrian Jr. And so, yeah. And so it was something that, you know, it wasn't planned, but God's plan is always better than ours, you know? (laughs) And so, um, I ended up, I was in Los Angeles. Like I had a two bedroom apartment set up. I had stuff set up for my baby. The plan was to come to Houston, have my son with my now husband and go back to Los Angeles and continue working. That was my plan, but God had a different plan. And so I moved to um, Houston and I literally never went back. Like I didn't even go back to pack up my apartment. My uncle packed up my apartment for me and sent everything that needed to be sent. And I got out of the lease and, you know, that was that. Um, So I ended up moving to Houston and then of course, moving to Minnesota where my husband was actually playing at the time. 
And um, although it wasn't my plan, it was just, you know, once I had my son, I realized that I wanted to be there with him. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I didn't want to have to get up and, and leave him with someone that I didn't know. And um, because I was afforded the opportunity to actually spend that time with him, I took it, you know, and something that I'm so grateful for because not everyone has the opportunity to be there with their child and not go back to work if they don't want to. So I'm really grateful that I had that opportunity. Um, And it was a hard decision, but it wasn't. It was like, no, this is my baby and I'm going to stay here with him, you know? Mm -hmm. And so at any point I could have gone back to Los Angeles, but that's just not where life took me that's not the path that yeah that I was on I didn't want to raise a child in the middle of Los Angeles you know because I was actually living in North Hollywood at the time so um not a bad area but I didn't want to raise a child there I didn't want to you know I didn't really know anyone I didn't have any family out there I didn't know anyone personally like that besides my uncle and his wife and their daughter which I mean of course they were wonderful they took me in I slept on their couch before I had my own apartment all of that but it was like it's it's different you know being somewhere so far away from all of your family away from his father and all of that is just very different so I made a decision that I felt like was best for me, him, and our family at the time. Right. That's beautiful. Now, and I would just want to go back a second. How did you and Adrian meet? If you can take us through that a little bit, yes. please. Yeah. So we actually met at the University that's, of Oklahoma. That's what I thought. And I was like, I yeah. think I remember that, but I'm not going to say that because now <laughs> I'm thinking maybe I don't know that because now that story's going. So that's why I asked that. Right. Yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, so we met freshman year, University of Oklahoma. We actually met at a party, a sorority party. That was the first time, and um, it was at the beginning of the year, and we started dating, and, you know, the rest is history. <laughs> but, so, but so you guys lived apart, so you were dating but lived apart for a bit, or did you take a break in between there? Oh, yeah, we took a lot of breaks. We were a lot of breaks. <laughs> we, you know, we were young. Yeah, very young. Yeah. We were 18 years old we when we met, you know? Right. And so it's like you you live, you have to live your life, too, you know? And so we were 18 when we met. We were friends first, you know, became friends. But he locked me down pretty quickly. And um, <laughs> from there, you know, um, we, of course, went through all the growing pains of growing. Um, you know, he got drafted to Minnesota. I moved to LA. It's very difficult to maintain a relationship when you're halfway across the world from each other. So we went through all those ups and downs, all those ebbs and flows, and eventually found our way back to each other. I mean, again, that's God's path. And Cynthia, I love that you you chuckled because I know you and you know Michael met when you guys were so young. And it it's so interesting to me because so I met my husband when I was in my mid to late twenties. We didn't get married until I was in my thirties. And so I had, you know, I kind of like sewed my oats before. And then it was like, <laughs> but it's it's all like <laughs> I sewed some oats. I lived in New York City and I had I had a lot of fun. Um, but it, it's yeah. so interesting to hear like you guys you met, and that's I love that story because there's so many stories. Of, of so many women that we have on the show, Cynthia, am I correct? That you guys usually, um, it, it, you meet young and then life takes you different paths, but it, it always comes back. And I think that's so special and so, uh, you know, just so cool. Yeah. 
it's like, it seems to be that the one right. common thing is there's a lot of breaks. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what you really laughed. Yeah. <laughs> a yeah. lot of breaks, you know, because you are growing yeah. and you, you know, you are committed, but you still, you know, you still have wings and you still have your own personal dreams. And so right. your vision of yourself. So there's a lot of battleground there. I think when you are with somebody start, you know, starting so young, but, and I think it was so important. Though. Absolutely. And honestly, no, go ahead, Ashley, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, and honestly, I think that that was good for both of us, you know, to have like, we were, you know, so young when we got together, we were able to have separation in our own life experiences and growth yes. that didn't have to happen together, you know, and being able to have life experiences, have wisdom that helps you in the future and have, you know, you want to be able to have some fun, you know, like, like Julia said, I have a lot of fun. So, you know, <laughs> well, and that's, and I think that's, what's important. And I think it's really important also to people here for relationships. You know, when people meet young, it is important to still have your own life and still grow. So I love that you, you know, you knew that you guys were in love, but you had your dreams. And the fact that you followed your dreams, I think just makes for a stronger marriage. And that's my own personal opinion. Like when you follow your own dreams and you don't let yourself, because then there's no resentment. It's like, okay, I I've done this. I've done that. And I've tried this, but this is where I'm meant to be now. Let's see where life takes us. So I think that's, you know, so, so, so really, really important. So you guys were living apart you had the baby, then, then you were to, I mean, you were then together and take us through that a little bit. So now, now you're living under one roof, the newborn baby. How, how did that play out? Yeah. So I, you know, I moved in, um, with him. Actually, I stayed with my mom and dad for the first six weeks after my son. I'm sorry. No worries. Being a new mother, you know, not knowing anything, I stayed with my mom for the first six weeks and oh God, it was so helpful, you know, of course, having your mom there to help you because she couldn't come to me because, you know, she's always been in corporate America and she's always worked a lot. And so, um, I went and stayed with her for a while. And then at that six weeks, I went ahead and moved to Minnesota and, you know, kind of started our life as as a family of three. And, you know, just like with anything there, it was really amazing. But there were a lot of, you know, growing pains. There was a lot of things with me being a new mom, having to deal with, you know, I don't know if it was, I still don't know to this day if it was postpartum, if it was the baby blues, not sure what it was, but not feeling like myself, mm-hmm. you know? So of course, having to go through all of those changes and learning, okay, who am I now? I'm right. no longer a model, which has been my identity for as long as I can remember. Um, I am now someone's mom, which, you know, it was an amazing curveball, but it was a curveball, you right. know? And so just having to deal with that growth myself as a woman, you know, that's a lot of change for anyone. And I was still rather young looking back when you're 25, 26 years old, me being, you know, where I am now, it's like, you're still learning about yourself in that time, you know, and you're still learning 
what you like, what you don't like, what you want, what you don't want. And so, you know, of course, I, there were a lot of growing pains. Um, it was just a lot of change in that time. But, you know, it was something that I definitely would never take back or never change. My kids have been the biggest blessing in my life. They bring me the most joy. Um, they make me so happy. And I'm just I'm thankful and grateful that I have the opportunity to be their mother because it's such a blessing. And because I feel like that God gave me the opportunity to bring something great into this world. And so it's my job to cultivate that. You know, it's my job to to help to steer them in the right direction because they didn't ask to be here. You know, I asked for this and God has blessed me with a gift and I have to cherish it as such and I have to treat it as such. That's so beautiful. I I like that you say that, but I, I think what you did and what you did next, I think is really important for all moms, not just NFL moms, but all moms, because you made a decision for your family to give up modeling, to, to step away from modeling something that was very important to you. And I think a lot of us make decisions like that. We make the decision that is best with our, for our family. And for many, it's the right decision. But sometimes it is not the right decision. Sometimes it's unsettling and we realize we may have given up too much and we need to find that balance. And I think that I really would love for you to share the story of how you realize that, you know, while it is so fulfilling to be a mom and it is fulfilling to be in the NFL life, you know, the family, there's something you needed to do for yourself. And can you share how you realized that and how you, the decisions you made based on that to start Elizabella Cosmetics? Um, Yes. So um, I had my son, Adrian. And then about four years later, I had my youngest son, Axel. And so, um, you know, in that time, I had been working, had been a stay-at-home mom, which, let's be clear, is a very hard job. (laughs) So that is, I mean, yes, I'd say one of the hardest. So I had been doing that. And when my son, my youngest son, was probably about two, it was just like, you know, when you, especially when you are in the NFL life, you just can begin to easily lose yourself because every, especially if you're with someone who has this larger than life persona in the NFL, it's like you get so lost in the shuffle. You know, everything is about them. You know, you become the personal assistant, you become everything. You have to hold it all together, you know, a lot of times. And so in that, it's so easy to lose yourself. Like even if your your significant other is not in the NFL or any other sports arena, it is very easy to lose yourself in being a wife and in being a mother when that's all you're doing every day. And when you're feeling like, this is all that I am. Sometimes it can begin to take a toll on you mentally. You know, you can begin to say, okay, well, well, what am I without this? Mm-hmm. Well, who am I without this? And the biggest question that most people struggle with throughout life is who am I? What am I here for? You know? And so I began to really examine that because although I love my kids, I love my husband, it just seemed like it wasn't enough. You know, I'm, I'm here. God put me here for a reason. And yes, it was to be 
um, his wife. And yes, it was to be their mother. But what is what else is there for me? I began to ask those questions and it was like, okay, I have to do something for myself. I have to do something outside of this bubble at home, cooking and cleaning and taking care of people. You know, let's begin to take care of yourself as well. And so I thought, you know, what, what do I want to do? And so it's so funny because I've always had this list of things that I wanted to do in it since I was a child and, you know, having my own cosmetics company, modeling, doing these things that I, I've done were on that list and they've always been on that list. So it's always, it was always inside of me. And so I began to think, you know, what do I really want to do? And I was talking to one of my friends one day and I tell this story all the time because this is exactly how it happened. I was talking to this woman and she said, I said, you know, I've been wanting to start a cosmetic company for a long time. I've really been wanting to do this. And she said, well, why don't you just do it then? Well, what is stopping you? Do it. And I thought to myself, you know, what is stopping me? And I literally that day just began to take the steps to do it. And it was it was for my mental health. It was for me to get out of the lull that I had been in, you know, of just like the monotony of every day getting up. You know, when you have young kids that any mother knows how draining that can be, you know. And so just to kind of breathe life into myself a little bit, I began to do something that made me happy and that brought me joy outside of them. And so I started the process. I started, you know, trying different formulas. Um, I knew makeup. I knew what I wanted. I knew what other people would want. I knew what you needed in makeup. I knew you needed it to be long lasting because when you're shooting all day, they don't want to keep reapplying the makeup. I knew that I wanted it to be smooth and velvety. I knew what it should feel like on my lips. I already had that knowledge. I already had the tools that I needed to make this happen. And so all that I needed to do was get outside of myself and take the first step, which is the hardest thing to do. It's so hard to do something new. And a lot of times people don't do it because they don't want to fail, which is exactly the reason that I didn't do it for so long because I'm a perfectionist. And I feel like if I'm going to do anything, I'm going to do it. Like I'm not going to have do it. I'd rather not do it at all than to do it. And I'm not doing it correctly. And so in that, I also had to learn, you know what? It's okay to fail because how do you succeed if you don't fail? Everyone who has succeeded has failed at some point or another. And the difference between them and them is that this person got back up and tried again. And so that's something that honestly, I even have to remind myself now to this day, because um, during COVID, you know, Elizabeth was doing well for being a new business, especially. And during COVID, I had like four trade shows lined up, you know, and that's where I sold the most is at trade shows because it's one thing to be online, but it's a whole nother thing to be right in front of people for you to be able to try the product and see and see the product and how it worked. And so in 2020, when everything shut down and shut all my trade shows down, you know, messed up my profits, you know, messed up everything. Um, from then I really had to begin to be like, Oh my gosh, like, it was a huge blow to me. It was a huge blow to my 
confidence in the business. It was a huge blow to my self-esteem in the business world because it's like, okay, what do I do now? You know, what I thought was going to happen didn't happen. And it was out of completely out of my control. So what do I do now? And so even now I have to struggle with, okay, what am I going to do to overcome these things? You know, there are ebbs and flows in life always. And you have to realize that that's something that you have to roll with. You can't control everything, which is something that I had trouble with because I am a type A personality. I have a plan. I want to control what's going on. And although I'm spontaneous and exciting and, and I'll do all kinds of things on a whim, I also want to have a plan for my life, you know? And so I feel like that, Getting into that and doing that for myself, number one, helped my confidence. It helped me to be me again. It helped me to find my identity again. And it helped me in that moment to get out of that uh, depression that I was in, mm-hmm. you know, the just the monotony, the the pressure of having to do everything and be everything. And it's like, you know what, this is something that's just for me. This is something that I'm going to do for me for no other reason than because it makes me happy. And I feel like this is the path I need to be on right now. And so it was life changing. You know, it's so exciting when my younger son doesn't really get it right now, but my older son will say, oh, mom, are they wearing your Elizabeth cosmetics? Like, it's so exciting for him to see that not only his father can do these great things, but his mother as well, you know, and And to see it from both sides. Yeah. And I've been sitting here like smiling, like, like literally screaming out of my seat because this is why I started my podcast in 2019. I actually could get like so emotional because what you said is so spot on and it's so important for women moms to hear this. And this is literally why I started it. Cause I remember when I had my first, I was always a confident kid, you know, and, and I always babysat and I always like, was like, Oh, well, you know, this is gonna be so easy being a mom. And I remember holding my son, my, my first and us not bonding and connecting. And I was like, Whoa, what is this? And I remember my first time feeling insecure. And I was like, what is this feeling? I don't like this. I don't like this. And it, it was such a change that I did not expect. And I was like, why isn't anyone talking about this? Why didn't someone tell me I'm not going to bond? Everyone was like, Oh, you bond, your baby's beautiful and all this. And, and we didn't. And it was, and my mom, thank goodness was there, but I had a terrible cesarean. It was an emergency cesarean and and I was an athlete. So I thought I was going to jump back and, and be able to, you know, be healed. And, and it was just this journey that it was so crazy to me. So the fact that you're up there talking and sharing what you just shared and then when you just started talking about what you started creating because it was important to you, you could feel that. You could feel your passion. And that's what I talk about all the time when someone is passionate about something and they get excited and you can hear it in their voice and you can see it in their body language. It is the most beautiful thing because your story is going to connect with so many people because you were just so real and authentic and sharing your truth and who you are and how you created this. So I just, I thank you so much, but I, I do have a question with this because this is what fascinates me. Do you think, um, do you think some people are born with that, that grit, that tenacity, they have their goals and they're like, I want to go after it. Or do you think it's something like that you, that you learn? Right. Um, honestly, I think it's a little bit of both. But just from me and my experience, yeah. I feel like, like you said, I've, I had always been a confident kid. 
I had always, um, you know, gotten straight A's, not because it was important to me. Like it, it gave right. me esteem to see that I was so good that I got all these A's. It gave me confidence to know, hey, I am extremely smart, you know? And so that was something that although my mother stressed the importance of education, absolutely. I mean, if we weren't getting A's or B's, it was like, why? What's going on? You know, but it was also inside of me. It was something that I wanted outside of her. Um, and so is something that I even try to stress to my kids now, you know, like, hey, I cannot make you want to be great. You have to want to be great. You have to, my oldest son, he loves football. You know, of course, you know, he loves football. He does not love football practice. And I say to him, so you want to be this NFL player. You want to be great. You want to be at the top, but you don't want to go to practice every day that they have practice. I said, that's not how, that's not how you, you be great. That's not how you attain the level of greatness that you want. So you're telling me what you want. I'm telling you how to get there, but I'm not going to make you do it. I cannot make you do anything you want to do. You have to have that inside of you. You have to have, and it's exactly what you said, Julia, you have to have that grit. Mm -hmm. You have to have that motivation. Nobody made me go to California and go to all these modeling agencies. As a matter of fact, my parents were dead against it. Mm -hmm. But I had it inside of mm -hmm. me that I have a dream. I have a goal. So this is what I have to do, regardless to what anyone else thinks about it, regardless to how anyone else feels. This is what I need to do. I know it. I feel it. So I'm going to do it. And I went out there on my own and I did it because I wanted to. No one made me. And you have to have that inside of you. And I feel like it was something that I was born with because I had always had the drive to be the very best at whatever I was doing, but then also was cultivated because my parents nurtured that, my mother nurtured that, my mother nurtured getting good grades, having good habits, being organized. My father nurtured doing, you know, being the greatest at what you were trying to do, you know, practicing on your craft, watching my parents do all the things that they did, that helped me to have a model for what it was to be a successful adult or to have a model to to do things even when you didn't want to. This is something that looking back on it now, um, it just amazes me. My dad, my parents, you know, um, went to college, hardworking middle class. However, you know, couldn't always make the ends meet how we wanted to. And so my mom, you know, she did the Mary Kay as an extra side hustle. My dad, I'll never forget, would get a second job during the holidays, not to get us the things that we needed, but to get us the things that we wanted, mm -hmm. not because he had to, but because as a father, his kids wanted these things and he was going to make it happen one way or another. So I remember going into my dad's second job and visiting him because we hadn't seen him all day because he went from one job to the next, mm. not because he had to put food on our table, but because he had to put the latest, whatever we wanted on us. Oh, you know, that's, and that's that, so those beautiful. are things. Those are things that you see. And when you see that, when you see that hard work and when you see that drive, it's easier to model that. Right. And so that's why I try to be that for my kids. I try to, you know, of course you want to get your rest and things like that. But even when I don't feel like it, 
I do it anyway. And that's something that I'm trying to teach my children. Even when you don't feel like it, sometimes you have to do it anyway. But I love that your kids are at the age where they're like, mom, that's so exciting. When I stayed home, I think I was like the, I did environmental stuff for the town and for the school. So I like, you know, went and did puppet shows and I did that. And then I did, when they were a little older, I did create my own business. And I used to do like uh, health and fitness coaching and, and do exercise classes. And they were a little bit into that, but now I have three teenagers. And there's times like when I went to the Super Bowl last year and when I went to the Hall of Fame this year, they were like, oh, cool. And then when they re- they were like, oh, wait, like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh my God. I was like, do you guys listen to anything I say? But they're teens, right? They're not supposed to be so involved in what mom is doing, but it cracks me up because I'm like half of the time they have no idea, but they do see me that I am happier. They do see that I'm more fulfilled. They do see that I have dreams and that I created this in my mind. And that's what is so exciting. You created something in your mind and you did it. And that's what the whole failure thing, Cynthia and I were just talking about it because There's people that are afraid of failure. And I was talking about it when you both were not there. There's people that are so scared of failure that they don't do anything. And, and it's, it makes my heart hurt so bad. And that's one of the other reasons why I started this. So I do have a question for you and then I know we're short on time. So, but I want you to touch on this. So I, I know for, I'm dyslexic. So school was really hard for me. So like when you were saying the A and B stuff, I tried my hardest to get A's and B's and it was like, okay, that's not my, that's not my gift. School is not my gift. I'm really good at other things. I, I uh, studied communications in college and that's where I really shined. I was like, oh my gosh, I actually am not bad in school. Uh, And I was an athlete. So I like played two sports in school. But I am not afraid of failure because there were so many times just growing up that I failed that I didn't even realize I knew I was failing, but it was like, oh, I'll try this. I don't care. Like, I know what failure feels like. And to me, I'm learning from every time I fail. So I look at failure sometimes as like, oh, there's something bigger out there. This is exciting. I know that I'm on to something if I'm failing and I'm failing forward and I just keep doing it and trying and I know God has my back and he's going to put me in that spot. But just as long as I'm trying and I'm consistent. So I believe like that's and my parents gave me that like, okay, just dust yourself off, get up and do it again. And that's kind of how I was raised. So where do you think you got like kind of again, like the, you know, and I know you said that you did have the the fear of failure for a little bit, but what do you think was that kind of pinnacle point that you were like, screw it, excuse my language, but I am not afraid. And I'm just going to take this leap. If you can take us through a little bit of that. Right. So, okay. Um, let's start here. I am still very afraid of failure, you know, and it's really funny because I feel like being, having the success that I had in school throughout my entire, you know, educational career, I feel like it was good, but it was also a little bit of a disservice to me because I had never failed. I didn't fail at anything that I actually wanted to do. So I didn't even know what that felt like. So in Los Angeles, there was never a thought in my mind that I would fail. I knew that I was going to win and make it and be great because I'd always done that, you know? And so I didn't even have a fear in doing that. Now, where I did have a fear and where I did have insecurity was in business because that was not my strong suit. You know, being creative, talking, you know, taking beautiful pictures. That was nothing. I got it. I can do it in my sleep, you know, but doing, um, 
you know, having the confidence to start my own company, I was very afraid of failure. You know, I was very afraid of what if I don't do it right? You know, what will people say? What will people think? Because I wasn't used to failing. So it's like when you're not used to getting punched in the face, you're a little like, hold up, what's going on? You know, but when my husband is out there training with our kids and he's, you know, like, hey, no, we're, we're going to hit hard. We're, we're going full force here because you have to know what it feels like to get hit and get back up or else you're not going to be successful in what you're trying to do. Looking at things like that and I'm like, you know what? Can you hear me? Uh-oh. Hello. Yeah, you, you were kind of going in and out, but that's all right. Yeah. Can you hear us? Okay. Um, yes, I can now. Okay. So in doing that, I'm having to learn that I have to also show, like having kids has been life-changing for me because it's like, I have to show my kids what it looks like to fail and get back up. Yep. You know, I have to, if, if they don't see it, if they don't see it, how are they going to know it? So in doing this, one day I'll be able to talk to my kids and say, you know, COVID took me out, honey. I did not know how my business was going to survive. I didn't know how I was going to overcome that. I didn't know what I was going to do next. And even now I'm in that. There are some things that I have inside of me that I want to do that I've actually been afraid to do. And I'm going to let you know that having this conversation here with you all today is helping me even to build up my confidence and say, Ashley, what do you have to lose? You know, okay, if you do it and you fail, at least you tried it. And you know what? Maybe that's not what God had for me, but it's something that's been placed inside Mm -hmm. of you for a reason. Any dream that you have, any want that you have, it's already there. It was placed inside of you for a reason. And it is your job to figure out the, the purpose in your passion. You know, you have that passion for a reason. You have that gift for a reason. What is the purpose? And that's something that you can only figure out by exploring, by trying. And every time you try something, it's inevitable that you're going to fail at some point along the way. But what do you do after that? How do you pick yourself up after that? I remember when my freshman year of college, I got an F in math. Uh, I think it was calculus or pre-cal. That was the first F I'd ever gotten in my life. And I was like, what in the world? Like, it almost took me out. But you know what I did? I said, okay, this does not make me feel good. What am I going to do better next time? How am I going to set myself up for success next time? And yeah, it was something I learned. Listen, math is not my strong suit. So it's okay if I get a B or a C in that. Guess what? We're making it, you know? Right. And so I learned to push past that and to keep going no matter what. Yep. We, we all have our strengths and weaknesses and it's important to know those. And it's important to be like, okay, this is my strength and this is my weakness. And I might get, you know, knocked down in my weakness a little bit. And then as you grow, you get support, right? You get support for the people that can help and you can ask those questions. So I love that. I, I think that's so wonderful. Um, Cynthia, do, do you want, first of all, I want Ashley to share a little bit where people can find you. I mean, I know I just talked about this, uh, you know, but where can they, they're like, okay, well, I, I want that lipstick. I want that 
that makeup? Where, where do I get it? And then I know you have an offer and then I do want to end with, you know, the, the foundation just so we can touch on that as well. But, um, just let people know, uh, where they can buy your amazing cosmetics. Oh, thank you. You can go to elizabellacosmetics.com. E-L-I-Z-A-B-E-L-L-A cosmetics.com. Here is actually the Bella lipstick that I'm currently wearing. Elizabella Cosmetics, Bella Liquid Velvet Lipstick goes on smooth, stays on all day. That's amazing. And and if they go to your Instagram, like if they're like, oh, okay, but they go to their Instagram, they can find it. Or even if they go to your profile here, you have your um, stuff linked to the, so they'll be able to go there as well. Correct? Yes. So I have ashleypeterson.com linked in my bio. From there, you can get to elizabellacosmetics.com. You can also find me at Mrs. Ashley Peterson on Instagram or at Elizabella Cosmetics on Instagram. Perfect. And this will be all in the show notes. If you guys are driving, please, again, don't be starting to try to write things and text things to people and pulling over. We will have this all in the show notes when this uh, goes live on all the podcast players. You'll be able to catch this on Fireside wherever you are. If you're like, wait, I want to listen, you can go back to Fireside and the replay will be here within an hour. And then this will go out on all the podcast players on your next stop, um, probably in a couple of weeks, but we'll let you guys know about that. But so that that is amazing. Cynthia, did you want to jump in? Oh, you're muted. <laughs> All of a sudden I was like, ah, um, I can't we, share the, we share the recorded <laughs> show too right away. And I think it's so fantastic that um, Ashley is going to be giving away um, a beautiful tube of the Bella lipstick to one of our sharers or somebody that likes one of our posts in sharing this episode. And I personally know I have the Bella and it is fantastic. And, you know, it's just, it is so smooth and so beautiful and it does stay on and it's just quality, quality product. All of the products are. And so I'm excited that we'll be able to gift that, um, to somebody. Thank, Thank you, you for that. I think that'll be really fun for somebody to receive that. Um, oh, no, definitely. And you know, Juliet, oh, yeah. And I think yeah, they're going to love it. Oh, it's so good. Well, thank you so much for that too, because one, one Super Bowl, um, we had the Bella lipstick in the, um, thread swag bag at the luncheon and everybody went crazy over it. And so that's always, it's always so fun to, to support each other, but also to get to try the products and share the products. And that's the whole idea of like just all of us helping each other grow in these beautiful, um, projects that everybody's doing in businesses. So. Thank you. Yes. Do we have time to touch upon the ANA Peterson Family Foundation? Uh, well, I'm fine on my side, but Ashley, I know we're over a little over an hour. Um, are, are you okay with that, I'm fine. Ashley? Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. Good. I just think it's important because you know, in you know, you're, you're teaching your children so many beautiful life lessons, and along with that is you know, this family, you know beautiful project together, this creating a foundation together, which, you know, the children are watching you and Adrian also go out into the community. And so not only you're, you're putting resources into children's hands for educational purposes, you know, educational resources that will allow them to live their dreams. And so I just want to talk about the foundation, but I also want to talk about how your children are reacting to what you guys are doing in the community. Yes. So um, we actually started the ANA Peterson Foundation just a few years ago in 2018. Previously, before that, my husband actually had a foundation that his, his mom and his dad headed up for him. So it's something that we'd always done. 
we just decided to switch it from being something that, you know, he had as a youth, if we would say, with his parents, to something that we could enjoy together as a family and take over and kind of do exactly what we wanted to do. So it's something, I mean, for years, he gave away um, turkeys in Palestine, Texas, which is his um, hometown. He would give away turkeys at Thanksgiving. We do um, toys at Christmas. We would do backpacks at the beginning of the school year. And it was something actually that was so wonderful because our kids were able to also join in. Mm. So if we look back at pictures over the years, we have pictures of our kids at these toy giveaways. You know, my husband would dress up as Santa and I would dress up as Mrs. (laughs) Claus. And our kids were there helping hand out toys to these kids. And they were able to see you guys are blessed to be in this position, especially our older children. To Axel, our youngest one, you know, he hasn't, he didn't quite, he hasn't quite known what's going on yet, but he's getting to an age where he'll start to understand, but being able to hand out toys to these kids and have our kids say, I remember one year we were at a home, um, like a, a shelter, a women's shelter in Minnesota and Adrian Jr. said, well, why doesn't Santa just bring their gifts? And I, and I, you know, it was a question. It's like, okay, how do I answer this? You know, I said, well, Santa is going to bring them gifts. Well, we're going to help out and get them gifts as well. Because in addition to Santa giving you gifts, mom and dad give you gifts as well. And these people, their mom and dad can't give them all of the mm-hmm. gifts that they like to give them. So we're going to help out. And so just having the opportunity for our kids to see something different, to see that what you have has been afforded to you by the grace of God and no other reason. Like you're not super special. You are super special, but you're, you're not immune to life. You know, life can take you on many different paths and you guys need to understand that you're blessed to be in this position and you should never take it for granted because just like that, it can all be gone, you know? And that's something I've always tried to stress to our children being hardworking, being gracious and understanding that everything you have, nothing that you have is because of you. Everything that you have is because God has given it to you and he's given it to you for a reason. So you need to use that wisely. Oh, I love that. Absolutely. And so just having the opportunity to have them, you know, go along with us. Um, we you know, when COVID hit, we were actually able to do a food drive with Brothers Produce and we were able to give away produce mm-hmm. to a Title I school in um, here in Houston and able to partner with the Barbara Bernstein Foundation to go to a Title I school in the ward of Houston, in one of the wards of Houston, and to you know, give them a little fun to have a little play day with them. My husband training them like they were athletes and our kids have been there every step of the way to be able to see these things. So they're able to see that, yes, God has been able to bless us with these things, but you also then have a charge to go out and, and share what you've been given in one way or another. And so it's teaching a balance. You know, you have to have balance in life. You have to realize that life is not just about you. What can you give to others to enrich their lives as well? That's so beautiful. And the thing that I think, again, and I'm going to say it again, and I know people are like, oh my gosh, I keep saying it, but stories connect, right? And the reason why we started this, Cynthia and I started the segment is because we wanted the good 
right? Not just the, the stuff that's out in the media that, you know, gets clogged that we hear. We wanted all the good stories. And I love that you were just able to connect that because I can see you guys as a family of four going out and helping and your kids being like, wow. And again, Cynthia, you're going to laugh at me. But every one of you women are just amazing. And the families and the, and the, the giving back. I say this and I say this every single time, but God put the NFL community. And yes, I, I truly believe this, that you are special. You're picked for this because you can handle it, but you can also have a platform and you all have service hearts, service hearts to give back and, and to give to people. And some might have a bigger service heart. Some might have a smaller service heart, but every single one of you people, one of you people, one of, you, one of the guests, <laughs> you <NFL> people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm the layman, you're the people. Um, what you guys have gone on the show and talked about what you do giving back. And it's such mm -hmm. a beautiful thing. And I just thank you so much for joining YNS live with NFL thread and here live on fireside. Exactly. Um, Ashley, if you don't mind, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people would be interested to visit and contribute to the foundation. Um, so it's anapetersonfamilyfoundation.org. Yes. Yes, okay. ma'am. That is it. You can go on and find out what we're doing and, and what we have going. We, you know, last, um, I'm sorry, not last year, but the year before I was actually able to do um, something called gowns for girls. So I was actually just looking in my closet one day, cleaning it out. And I had all these gowns from all these things I had done over the years and I had nothing to do with them. And I said to myself, I'm going to auction these gowns off and I'm going to give it to the Chester Pitts Foundation. So Chester and Latoya Pitts are based here in Houston. They basically have a, a girls group home where they take in girls who you know, are displaced essentially, you know, runaways or, or foster children and they feed them, they house them, they educate them, they clothe them, everything. Uh. And so I said, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to um, donate these gowns. Essentially, I'm going to auction them and I'm going to give the proceeds to them. Well, when other people see when you're excited about something, a lot of times other people, yes, that's what we talk about. Yes. other people saw that I was doing that. Yes. They were like, Hey, I want to help. Well, how can I donate a gown? So I had people come in that donated gowns. I had a company come in and say, Hey, we do auctions. We want to help you. We want to get you sports memorabilia to help you raise even more money. And so I ended up by the end of that, not just having my gowns, but other gowns, sports memorabilia, et cetera. And I was able, or we were able to raise together over $10,000 for this girl's home. Oh, that's and amazing. so things like that yeah. are, are why I do this, you know, and my kids were able to see me with all these gowns in the house, you know, doing these things and putting it all together. They're able to actually see the work right. and they're able to see that nothing comes mm -hmm. easily. Every single thing, no matter what you're doing, even if you're trying to do it as a service unto others, you're going to have to put the work That's in right. in order to yes. get it done. And if they don't learn anything else in life from me, I want them to learn that hard work beats talent every time. Okay. Yep. It's hard work to give too. And it, it takes so mm -hmm. much time and, and it's, it's such a beautiful gift to give others is your time, you know, more, you know, the, and the funds are so important too, but the time it does, you don't, you don't get the funds without the time. And it's really right. amazing. It's incredible that you did that. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love yeah. that. 
Especially because time is the one thing you can't get back. You can get your money back, but you cannot get your time back. Once you've spent it, it's gone. So make sure you spend it wisely. <laughs> so That's true. a good quote there, girly. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, Ashley, I have to say thank you again so much for joining YNS Live with NFL Thread here on Pivot. Cynthia, thank you always. I love what we do. I love that we're getting these stories out and connecting with more and more people in the NFL community, but also outside the community where people are like, oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Of course you didn't know that because no one talks about it. And that's why <laughs> we brought you Wine of Live with NFL Thread, because these are the stories that are important. These are the stories that are important. The things of people giving back, the things of people overcoming, the story that you told. And I mean, still just go back to that. When you gave up everything that you had fought for because you wanted to be there for your family mm -hmm. and then knowing, wait, I need to do more for myself again, because some people feel like, Oh, I can't do that. Cause that's selfish. There's nothing. If you need to fill your own cup before you can go out and fill others. And so you did that so beautifully. So thank you so much, Ashley Absolutely. Peterson thank for joining. Oh, thank you guys so much for having Please. me. What a pleasure. Thank you so much.